Hello there, my name is Matt, and welcome to the Lessons I've Learned podcast. Before the episode begins, I just want to remind you that if this is your first time listening or watching to the podcast, make sure to subscribe and give it a five-star rating. I would really enjoy that. On today's episode, I have with me a special guest that you might be familiar with if you've seen any performances from OKC Ballet, but not only does she put out work for the stage, she also knows a thing or two about creating some amazing content for social platforms like Instagram and TikTok. Today's guest is Autumn Klein. Autumn, thank you so much for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So... As a sort of icebreaker question, one thing that I really like to ask people is, what was the first lesson that you ever remember learning? It could be something that is good, something that's bad, just the first lesson that you remember learning. I think the first lesson I remember learning is that you're going to fail a lot in life, but people that are successful just keep going. Push through the failure and you'll eventually succeed. If that be at spelling, dance, or creating content, that has been true Absolutely. my whole life. Very good. Um, would you say that, how, how would you differentiate failure from practice or is practice failure in a sense? I think a lot of times they're kind of the same thing. Uh, there's such a negative connotation with failure, uh, but a lot of times in dance when we're learning a new lift or a new trick, you're going to be unsuccessful at it that is practice. You get a little bit better. And then we call that more successful practice, but it's still not prepared for the stage. Uh, so it's sort of a process. And sometimes you, you do get out on stage and you drop a lift and that is a failure in a sense. But again, that is a learning process. For sure. So I pieced some of your TikToks together to sort of create a history or what I, I believe to be like a history of um, some of your dance experience as well as your content creating experience. And one thing that I came across was that you originally did not go to school for dance or that wasn't necessarily the career path that you were going down. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. So I kind of have a crooked path that led me to where I am today. I actually went to ballet school when I was 16. So I graduated high school early. I had been a jazz competition mm -hmm. dancer. And I got to that point where I realized I need to do something next. I need to go to college or I need to commit to dance. And I decided I'm going to commit to dance and I'm going to commit to a different style of dance that I don't know anything about. Uh, so I went to ballet school for three years. And then I actually... And this was when you were 16? Yeah, when I was 16. And then when I was 19, I got a professional contract with Texas Ballet Theater. And I danced there for a couple of seasons. And I didn't really love it. So that's at that point, I quit dancing completely. And I went to college. I double majored in biochemistry and genetics. And mm -hmm. as a senior, I realized I am miserable. Uh, and I really miss ballet. So I just auditioned for the summer intensive for Oklahoma City Ballet. Had him in dancing. So I was kind of like, this is a long shot. Probably won't work out. Went to the summer intensive and the director offered me an apprenticeship and I'm still here. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, <laughs> shouldn't have worked out, but it did. <laughs> and are you originally from Oklahoma? Oh, no. I actually was born in Texas, grew up okay. in Nebraska. I didn't move here until I started dancing here. What made you decide to look at OKC Ballet? Was that that place as well as a few other places that you auditioned for? Or Actually, my husband is an air traffic controller. So okay. the Air Traffic Control Academy for the whole nation is in Oklahoma City. 
Got it. So he was here, I think, for four months. Uh, we weren't married yet, but we were dating. And I came to visit, and I saw a poster for the Oklahoma City Ballet on a door of a shop. And my husband at the time was like, you should audition for them. And I kind of went, oh, you know, that would never work out. But that was in the back of my head. So a year later, when I was really serious about it, I just I had a feeling, and I just went for it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. What was the thing that originally made you sort of step out of dance? Oh, that is kind of a dark path. Uh, ballet school was really a culture shock for me, going from being a mm-hmm. competition jazz dancer where it was like, ooh, you're fierce, amazing, winning all these titles and being at the top of my game uh, to this completely different way of thinking about dance. And I had never thought critically about my facility, my body as being a major mm-hmm. limitation until I went to ballet school and I learned all of the things that were not ideal about it. And that actually made me kind of hate dancing Absolutely. because I would go to the studio, I would look at my body and I would just think about all the things that were inadequate about it instead of dancing because I enjoyed it. And it became a dark thing that I took with me to TBT where I was dancing, mm-hmm. uh, professionally for my first two years. And that style of dance at that company doesn't suit my body very well either. It's really good, but it just isn't really good for me. And so I was just sort of really dissatisfied and didn't like dancing anymore and just kind of hated my own body. So not great when you need to be in a leotard every day. So for sure. Yeah. I just quit. Do you, um, from that experience, because I, I know from a lot of the content that I've seen that you post, I, I see you regularly answering people's questions about dance or giving them tips. Do you find that you take that experience and you're trying to um, offer the you're trying to take that lesson and give that information on to other people? So that way that if they're ever in that position that they don't feel like they have to also quit dance. Definitely. That's one of my favorite things about being in the position I'm in now is that I can share the things I wish I had known when I was younger to not hyper-focus on what's missing, but instead of focus on what you can do to get better and still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I love that I can give that perspective to kids that might be in that same place I was in. I think it can help people and it can change their entire experience with dance. If you can sort of get, take a step back and away from that obsession with line. For sure. Well, and it's like, so I went to school for musical theater and it's like, I, um, there's, there's something about sometimes being in a dance class that all of the funness of it just completely leaves. (laughs) It's like, Oh no, like something about going across the floor is just the all all eyes on you it just yeah yes and it's horrible and even dancers in the company will experience that they'll hide a beautiful dancers will hide every day because they're scared that the person at the front of the room will realize they're not as good as they're supposed to be which is ridiculous everybody that's in a professional company is an amazing dancer that's just sure how it is and they still have these horrible insecurities and the way i've found to just enjoy dancing in my career is to realize I'm flawed. I'm imperfect. And that's okay. Every day I'm going to sure. work to get a little bit better and find my, my pleasure in the movement because that's what it's about. Absolutely. Well, and, and it's, um, 
it's one of those things that whenever we would prep for auditions or we would have auditions when people would say, if you just look like you're having fun and, and almost in your face, you look like you're hitting the moves. Sometimes the audience is like, oh, yeah, they're totally doing it right. Cause, oh, yeah. especially in ballet, because <laughs> most like 99 percent of people watching, they've never taken a ballet class or they didn't take it since they were three. They don't know when you're doing it right, when something's really hard or when something's really simple. You have to take the audience with you and let them know that you're dancing well. Even if you're not dancing that well, it's okay. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about ballet? Mm, I think my favorite thing about it is the way it teaches you to look at movement and the way we communicate through body language. I think ballet more so than even acting sometimes because you have to strip away the words and become whole characters with maybe an eight count. You have to be able to come out on stage For with sure. a presence that shows you're a peasant, a witch, the queen, and being able to compute communicate intentionality and what the meaning of this very outdated pantomime is to the audience it takes a lot of skill and a lot of just analysis. And I find that deeply gratifying. What is the hardest thing about ballet? Oof. I think the hardest thing about ballet is, is walking that line between perfectionism and artistry. We're mm. always driving to be perfect, but perfect technique is not interesting. It can be cool to watch someone kick their leg around and do a bunch of pirouettes for, you know, 15 seconds, but then you want to see more. You want to see the person sure. and it's a constant battle. You want to keep both of those things pushing forward. But at the end of the day, the artistry is the most important aspect in my opinion. Do you, so you were in biochemistry, was it for three years then, or at what point did you um, yeah, so transition? I was in college for four years. Okay. And then I came to Oklahoma City in 2012. So did you graduate with your degree then? I actually was like four credits away from finishing when I came here, uh, much mm -hmm. to the chagrin of my parents. And then I continued to take classes. I actually took a bunch of classes in engineering as well. So mm -hmm. I have you, way more credits than I was ever supposed to get. Do you ever miss any of that world? You know, I really, I love science and I like to read nature and science, the journals. And mm -hmm. I, I enjoy that. I talk to my friends who work for NASA and are engineers and microbiologists, but I definitely am happy with my choice. <laughs> I really <laughs> thought I was going to love working in a lab. And mm -hmm. for my last two years of my degree, we had to work in a research lab. And I realized okay. very quickly I hate working in a lab. So that was not a good life choice for me. What is it about working in a lab that you didn't like? There's a lot of waiting, a lot of sitting around, uh, waiting for cells to grow, waiting for the PCR reaction to finish. And yeah, that's not, I'm not patient enough for that. I like to be more active. Have you ever been able to, and I don't even really know how you would do it, but maybe you will be able to tell me, have you ever been able to combine biochemistry and ballet? Like, is that ever a thing that you've been able to do or is it even possible to do that? I think there's a way to do it. Uh, for me, I think what I use from that world is 
the editing and the technical approach I have that a lot of other dancers don't bring to their videos and creations. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd say actually more of the computer and engineering classes I had are probably more relevant, uh, but definitely I get questions every day from other dancers about minor genetics and biochemistry things in life that, that I don't think about, but not everybody knows. So it's fun to kind of have that base knowledge. I think that's just makes me a more rounded, more well-rounded person. For sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, sort of like you said, to um, spend so much time thinking with a certain part of your brain, really analyzing things and thinking about why things do the things that they do, and then to go into a dance studio and to look at yourself doing um, a combination and to be able to break down, like, okay, I need to fix this individual thing, so what is it that I need to change to be able to get this result? Oh, for sure. That's that's how I've become the dancer I am today, because like I've said many times, I'm not a naturally super gifted ballet dancer, uh, but I've made it to soloist in the company by watching videos of myself, breaking it down, taking it apart and fixing it. And I, I actually really love coaching and helping others to find their maximum potential too. Well, and I mean, sort of like you said earlier, it does go back into that failing and practice and, 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 and analyzing and thinking about why you're doing the things that you're doing. For sure. For sure. I know that you had an injury that left you out for a little bit. Um, so can you elaborate on what the injury was specifically and then how long that you were out of dance for? So in 2017, I actually had surgery on an injury I had been suffering from for about three years. I had ruptured the cartilage in my big toe joint on my left foot and the doctors couldn't see in an MRI what was going on. So I actually went in for exploratory surgery. They said, we're going to do a little bone spur shave. You're going to be up and walking and be dancing in two weeks. I woke up and they were like, mm, it's a worst case scenario. You will Ooh. be not walking for four months and there's a 50% chance it'll work. So they did a cartilage repair. Um, they drilled a bunch of holes in my bone to make the stem cells come out and give me a sort of new, fresh cartilage, not as good as the original, but better than my ripped up cartilage. And uh, then I was in a, on a scooter and in a boot for four months, hoping that it was going to be successful. And spoiler alert, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to dance in Swan Lake five months after my surgery, which was kind of crazy uh, mm-hmm. looking back. Uh, I've been so, so fortunate that it didn't go the other way. Absolutely. But interestingly enough, and this really sort of influences my worldview, how one thing leads to this other amazing opportunity because it was this horrible injury. I thought it might end my career. It was awful and I couldn't do anything. It's very depressing for a dancer. So to not spiral into a dark place, I started taking old videos of myself, editing them and putting them on musically. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how I got to where I am now. And I would never have been a video creator if I hadn't had that injury which is kind of weird to think about since it's such a big part of my life now and probably will be for quite a while. So, well, so I definitely want to touch on that, but I also want to sort of go back to the injury stuff during that time when you were out. um, 
what um, what is something that you did or like how did you continue to practice your dance skills without necessarily dancing? So I couldn't do anything on my left foot. I would do a bunch of TheraBand work on my right leg. Pretty much anything I could do with my right leg just being my stabilizer, I would do. I'd do like bar, just playing on one leg, rondejamming my other leg to give myself some sense of stability, lifting my left leg into arabesque, stretching. I would stretch all the time. I was the most mm-hmm. flexible I ever was in my life <laughs> because if you stretch, you know, when you lose muscle, you get a little bit more limber. And then for if sure. you're stretching for hours a day, that's going to be <laughs> multiplied on top of that if you can't do anything else. For sure. So... And I also did a lot of Pilates to keep my core strong. But as far as actual dancing, I couldn't do a lot for mm-hmm. quite a while. That was rough. What was that experience like um, after your return to dancing after five months, the um, coming off of stage for the first time after you are now getting to perform after being out for five months? Honestly, I don't remember that as specifically as I remember just being able to come back to class and not be Mm. in pain like I had been for years. Just being able to have rehearsal and class and not have that that pain I expected constantly because it had gotten bad enough it hurt to walk. So just being able to not to like sleep through the night without being woken up by pain was it was crazy. I couldn't imagine my life would be like that. To me, it felt like a personal miracle. Awesome. Um, so you touched on the uploading your videos onto Musical.ly. So you, um, if somebody follows you on TikTok or maybe on social media, um, you post a lot of stuff on TikTok, um, but you were actually on TikTok when it was Musical.ly, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so, and so what was the demographic of people on Musical.ly like at that time as opposed to now on TikTok? It was... Very young. I'd say most of my followers were probably between 11 and 14 years old. Uh, They were so sweet. Actually, back in the Musical.ly days, it was so pure because they were just these really eager girls that wanted to learn about ballet and dance and Mm -hmm. be like me someday. And that was awesome. But then, of course, when it became TikTok, it blew up. That's when I started to get millions of followers. And they became older. I still have some of those original followers I had Mm. that keep up with me, which is so cool. Now they're like in high school, which is weird. Uh, But yeah, now it's definitely different. I have a much broader following. They're older. Mm. They're a lot harsher than they used to be. (laughs) So there's some good and some bad to it, you know. Absolutely. It's cool to have adult followers now too, though. For sure. Um, What was it? So during the early days of of Musical.ly, with it being, I think, a lot more um, choreography-based, and it seemed like it was a lot more dance styles of right. stuff and lip-syncing styles of stuff, um, what was it like being someone posting content on the on this app that it seemed like it was sort of geared towards more so a younger audience. Um, did you have anyone in your life that was like, why are you posting oh gosh, yeah. stuff on this app? Yeah, basically everybody I worked with thought it was silly. They're like, that's not a thing. Even the until really quarantine of last year, even when it was TikTok and I had 2 million followers, people mm-hmm. were like, eh, whatever, that's just TikTok. Now they're like, oh, you get recognized in public. That's real now. So it's like, <laughs> not really much different, but okay. Now it's relevant, that's, I guess. That's so fun. Um, 
did you do social media during like the MySpace, Zynga, early Facebook days? Were you? Nope. My first real foray into serious posting was 2017. Got it. And so um, what was it like sort of being exposed to the social media world for this first time? Well, like I said, I, I had a really nice entrance to it because it, it was just a bunch of kids and they were super sweet. Uh, so the transition, I think, from those Musical.ly days when they were all so supportive and positive into the TikTok days, that was when I got more of a jarring like, oh my gosh, people hate me. People want me to kill myself because they didn't like my video. That is crazy. Uh, so that was something I had to deal with like a year or two ago. Uh, but yeah, you roll with it, I guess. I notice in a lot of your videos, it seems like it's a common thing for you to take something that maybe is a trend or it's starting to be a trend and you really like tweak it and make it your own. Um, what is sort of the thought process that you have whenever you are creating content? What I used to do when I made content was I would find a trend and it'd be like, ooh, they should, if I had done it, I would have done it this way, or this is something they didn't think of. It's like a puzzle, you know, that side of my mind that likes to puzzle things out, really enjoyed that. Now I more just look at a bunch of YouTube videos, look at other TikToks, look at music and just whatever inspires me. Uh, if I can see something in my head, that's what I do. So sometimes it will be a trend. Like the recently I did a bunch of makeup trends with the inverted filter because mm -hmm. I saw people doing the inverted filter with two people and it would be cool. Cause one girl was like really light, light hair and the other girl had dark hair and you'd see it flipping back and forth. And so I was like, sure. Ooh, makeup one person, that'd Absolutely. be really awesome. And so that's why I made that a lot of times it's just, I see a video and it just inspires some visual in my head. And that's what I decided to make. So I, I believe that I first found your, I think it was the spooky skeletons video just because it was, I think a popular thing at the yeah. time, as well as being in Oklahoma, I think the algorithm just put two and two together. Mm -hmm. Um, so what is, what was your sort of journey on musically and TikTok like, like, was it just overnight? Was it like a slow burn thing? Did you have like one or two things that you feel like really put you on the map as far as the platform goes? How did that work out? So actually in the early days of musically, like you said earlier, people were just doing lip syncing and really amateur dancing. So the fact that I was doing a little bit higher level dancing, it kind of caught the attention of the people at Musical.ly. And I got put in some programs that pushed me forward. Like I had, I was put in Spotlight, which was this really old streaming thing where you could stream and it would push you out to more people and they could discover you. So that helped. I, and I think the first year of Musical.ly, I grew to like 500,000 followers, okay. which is Good, but it's not like those crazy numbers you hear on TikTok. And then once TikTok happened, Spooky Scary Skeletons bumped me up to like 1.6 million. Because um, that was my first like 30 million view video. That one kind of really did blow me up a little bit. And then from there, it's just been kind of a, every few months, I'll get a few hundred thousand because I'll get another video that blows up because that's how sure. TikTok works. It just... right. It gives you that lottery feel. Every once in a while, one of them's going to go huge. When Absolutely. will it be? 
You never know. A lot of times I think something's going to be awesome and it does terribly, or I think it's going to be awful and it blows up. So I don't know. You're like, I'm going to spend 30 hours on this one video and it's going to do great. And then it's like a 30th of your audience. Exactly. (laughs) And then you spend like 10 seconds and people are like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I know. And sometimes I make something and I'm, and I think, Ooh, this is horrible. I'm not even going to post it. And that's the one that gets 20 million views. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't like this. This is bad, but thank you. (laughs) I love it. Um, your husband, Mike, he helps you with, um, a lot of your videos. So when you were first doing it, were you like, Hey, I need you to help me with this. And he was like, what are you doing? Or like, what was that like? He was supportive, but it very quickly went from, I have 5,000 followers to now I have 500,000 followers and I need to make videos all the time and you're going to help me. So there was definitely a process we had to undergo to learn how to work together and to learn how much was too much. So now we do not post every day because that is, it's just, I can't do it a lot of the things by myself and it's, it's too much. It's not his passion. So we compromise and we do a few a week now. And everybody's happy. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Um, I sort of touched on it earlier, but you, um, I, I see a lot of your content sort of engaging with your audience and um, you really being um, very inspirational to young dancers. Um, and I, I see a lot of people with social media followings with that are even less than yours engage a lot less than you engage. And so like what, um, why is that important to you? I kind of feel like that's what it's about. If you're not interacting with other humans in a real way, for me, there's not a lot of value in it. If you're just like shouting into a void kind of what's the point? You might as well just do a live performance. Uh, the whole point to me of like Instagram, especially is to look inside someone's life and get that personal connection with them. So I try to give that as much as I can, because again, I wish I had had that kind of a resource. I think it would have helped me avoid a lot of really difficult times in my life. What is your favorite thing about dance? Hmm. I love performing. And especially I love dancing with other dancers, doing paradas or duets, even with other girls. There's just something so magical about being lost in a moment with another person. There's nothing else in life like that for me, at least. And so what is your favorite thing about, let's just say TikTok. What's your favorite thing about TikTok? Hmm. I think my favorite thing about TikTok is it, it it's pushing me to be creative and use the side of my an analytical brain that I don't get to always use in the studio. I do really feel like TikTok and social media in general fulfills that science part of my mind. And then I'm always trying to like take it to the next level or understand how one thing works versus another, or how I can make a different effect work. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. It really pushes my creativity in a different way. Very good. So Autumn, as we're sort of closing out here, I wanted to ask you, what is a lesson that you might be learning right now? Maybe you don't even really know what that lesson is, but you just feel like you're in a place where you're learning something about yourself. I feel like what I've been learning really recently, and it's something I try to remind myself of daily, is to be in the moment. It's such a cliche for a reason, 
as a dancer and even in social media, so often I work towards the next role, the next rank, the next big hit, but there's so much more value in being in the moment, being in class and just saying, today I'm going to feel my, my port de bras or whatever one detail I'm going to focus on today. And I'm going to have that sensation and have this moment now instead of worrying about what comes next or even just getting excited about that, being in this moment, dancing in the studio, COVID definitely taught me to appreciate that in a way I hadn't been. Very nice. Autumn, thank you so very much for joining me today. I had a very lovely conversation with you. Um, it was nice to finally get to see you um, outside of TikTok and outside of these really cool viral videos that I've seen you do. Um, if you guys have not seen Autumn's really cool videos you can check them out on instagram or on tiktok at autumn s klein that's a-u-t-u-m-n-s-k-l-e-i-n correct that's right you got it awesome well thank you so much autumn thank you 